This is Anime Out of Context, a comedy review podcast hosted by a weeb of the highest order alongside a cynical man who knows nothing about anime. Our show features spoilers, explicit language, and poor fact-checking. Neither of our hosts are experts on any topic and none of their opinions should be taken as fact. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Welcome to a very special episode of Anime Out of Context, where I generally denigrate the wild, wonderful world of anime. And I consider a vasectomy for wimps. <laughs> I'm Remington Chase. I'm Sean Rollins. And welcome everyone to Make Sean Look Stupid, the show that so far has only been a Patreon exclusive, but now is being brought to the masses where you guessed it, we make Sean look stupid. Oh god, this is what you wanted to do when you said you were taking over? Oh no, Sean, this isn't it. But here's the deal, Sean. I have selected, uh, I've selected a a brilliant show for this week. Fantastic show. Great show. Okay, that Um, means it's going to be the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Hey, I understand. There's been some controversy the past couple of times I've taken over. Um, Lots of, I would argue, false and egregious claims that I've yet to show you an anime. Um, many people saying that when I showed you Cory in the House and Harry Potter, that neither were anime, neither were animated. Some people said I didn't show you Harry Potter. I don't know. Lots of I'm accusations. One of the, I'm one of those people. Lots of accusations have been flying around, Sean. And so I, I want to make sure that this episode does not get those criticisms. We're going to transcend those criticisms. I am going to show you something that is undeniably anime this week. Forgive me if I doubt you, Remington. Uh, you know, I understand your skepticism. Um, and the reason why we're also playing Make Sean Look Stupid, uh, I pulled up a nice little trivia quiz about this selected show. Oh, God. Now, uh, for every question, there's 10 questions total. For every question you get right is an episode you don't have to watch. What the fuck? Answer more questions right. You don't have to watch as much. If you don't answer questions correctly, you gotta watch more of it. The fuck? Uh, the fuck? <laughs> so, uh, do, do you have any any wild guesses of of what show uh I'm gonna I'm gonna show you today, Sean? If I had to be optimistic, and this is this is a heavy optimism, right? Like this is yeah. the kind of optimism that I can only expect from you, because uh, right now I'm still not convinced it's gonna be anything anime. <laughs> Excuse uh, me. But if I had to guess, if you're to stretch your uh the definition of anime, anime could uh anime technically does literally translate to just animation. So in theory, it could be something anime. And if I, and there's been a show you've been trying to get me to watch for at least like five years now or however long it's been around and I just haven't done it. So best case scenario, you make me watch BoJack Horseman. That's the best case scenario. Indeed, Sean, that is on the list, but it's not going to be today. Uh, that yep. That's probably going to be my next takeover when I'm feeling a bit more generous. This one, we're getting a little bit zanier. Um, we're watching what was originally called Garage Kids. Yes, originally made by uh, a couple of I think high schoolers uh, in, in a short film competition created this. It got picked up. They created Garage Kids. Garage Kids. Good old Garage Kids. Uh, now, you may not be familiar with Garage Kids, Sean. No. That That is fine. Um, because, fortunately, although there was a 26-episode miniseries uh, of Garage Kids, it, it, it was reworked significantly. Uh, and it was transformed into something that was a lot more popular. In fact, one of the most popular shows in 2006. 
2000. You see, it started at, it started in I think around 2003, 2004. It gained in popularity. Lots of people were into it. We have a lot of different material here. There was a book series at one point. There's there's some video games made of it. Ram, what's the country of origin? Uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting that you ask that shot because it does have a, 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 an interesting country of origin. No, not America, not Jap Japan. But yes, it's France. So, so, today we are doing Code Lyoko, Sean. Fucking hell, I knew it. God damn it. As soon as you said 2006, I was like, wait a minute. There's only one thing that could be from that time period. God damn it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so, uh, so Sean, did you used to watch Code Lyoko at all? Do you know much about Code Lyoko? What I know about Code Lyoko is vague at best. I think I watched a couple of shows when it first came out. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's a weird mixture of 2D design in the real world and like CG design in the like Matrix-like world, if I'm not mistaken. Hell yeah, Sean. So uh, here's here's With what we're going to do. the biggest this side of the, of the fucking hemisphere. Unbelievable foreheads. So right now, Sean, you need to watch 13 episodes of Code Lyoko. A, oh, a monumental amount. Uh, but don't worry, because for every question you get right on this quiz, there's 10 questions total. That's one episode you don't have to watch. So if you get them all right, you may be walking out of here only watching three episodes. A nice, easy, breezy week. Hey, but Rem, I got a question if, for you. Yeah. Did you actually watch 13 episodes of this show? <laughs> Fuck no, Sean. <laughs> You see, you see, people, this is what I have to deal with. I actually watch all the shows I research. <laughs> I was preparing. I was preparing a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> you were preparing a quiz. And by preparing a quiz. you had to find quiz, Code trivia for. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you didn't actually watch the show to see if your <laughs> trivia was correct. I, this is shoddy research, folks. It's fine. It's <laughs> so, uh, so Sean, are you ready? No, but you're gonna go right, anyways. Uh, now I I'm sure that you won't cheat at all. You're an honorable man. And with that, the first question, what is the virtual world called? A, Lyoko, B, Ulrich, C, Xana, that's all caps, X-A-N-A, -A, or D, Ailida? Oh, fuck. Uh, I am going to go with Ailida. Ailida, all right, all right. Is there any, any reasoning there or, or are you uh, just... Well, open. Uh, C sounds like uh, what I take in the morning to deal with my ADD. Uh, <laughs> yep. Ulrich just doesn't sound right to me. And Lyoko, I, there's no way that the name of the, the show is the actual name of the place. That just doesn't sound right. Two, two on the nose, you think? All right. Yeah. Uh, question two. What is the first episode called? Oh. A. <laughs> A, seeing is believing. B, code Earth. C, false start. Or D, Teddy Godzilla. I want it to be Teddy Godzilla. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, uh, could you hit me with those one more time, please? Yep, we got seeing is believing, code Earth, false start, and Teddy Godzilla. I mean, I don't know which is worse. Like, I... I'll start, uh, mm, cold, I guess I'm going to go with, uh, God, uh, seeing is believing. Let's go with that. Seeing is believing. All right. Uh, and I, I will note, all of those are actual titles of episodes. Uh, oh, so okay, they're not cool. just coming from the ether. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, number three, a, a nice and easy one, a true or false. Odd once formed a music band. True. That sounds True. right. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy to do so. Is I don't I honestly don't know, but it, if I remember correctly, the show was heavily directed towards like the shonen tween 
teen age, so that sounds accurate to me. <laughs> All right, next up, who owns a dog? A, Yumi, B, Jeremy, D, Ulrich, uh, C, Ulrich, or D, Odd? Who owns a dog? Uh, I'm gonna guess Yumi. Yumi, all right, Yumi owns a dog. All right, uh, who does Ulrich love? Yumi, Millie, Sissy, or Ailita? Uh, see, now that you said that, I know that my first answer is wrong. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Uh, mm, uh, mm. Who, who's Ulrich lusting after? I'm gonna go with anime logic and assume that it's going to be the girl that's closest to them, so I'm gonna say Yumi again. Okay, okay, going with Yumi. All right, uh, who does Jeremy have feelings for? Fuck, there's he... multiple romance plot <laughs> uh, threads, damn it. Uh... Is it A, Millie, B, Yumi, C, Ailita, or D, Sissy? <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Millie on this one. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch 13 episodes, aren't I? No. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Here, this question, it, it has some, some, some spoilers in it um, for, for the answer. Um, so if, if you're super sensitive to Code Lyoko spoilers, then you may not want to listen. Uh, does Jeremy find out how to materialize Aelita at the end of the first season? <laughs> yes or no? No. I'm just going to go with no because I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, who did Odd kiss? <laughs> a, there's actually wait a minute. There's actual <laughs> progress in this. A Yumi, B Samantha, C Ailita, or D Sissy. I mean, Samantha is our canonical daughter, um, so it can't be her. Uh, it, it, I, it'd be pretty egregious if she was going out kissing boys in French anime. Yeah, French kissing, as it were. Ugh. Oh no. Uh, Sissy. I'm gonna go with Sissy. All right. Unless which character? <laughs> which character wears glasses? Is it Ulrich, Jeremy, Yumi, or Sissy? Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy sounds like uh, the kind of dweeb that would wear glasses. Sorry, yeah, Jeremy. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> all, you, all Jeremy's that listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> and finally, who is the oldest of the group? Is it A, Odd, B, Yumi, C, Jeremy, or D, Ulrich? Uh, Ulrich. I mean, with a name like that, he, he's from like medieval S Scandinavia. Yeah, no, like like he's one letter away from being a storm cloak, and I feel like that says a lot. All right, let's review your answers and see how many episodes so do you have to watch? You, I already what is know the... I got them all wrong. Don't, don't like drag it out. Damn it. So what is the virtual world called? You said Ailita. It's actually Lyoko. God damn it, uh, it, it, it. It's the obvious answer. What is the first episode called? You said seeing is believing. The actual answer is Teddy Godzilla. You should have trusted your gut. Damn uh, it. True or false? Odd once formed a music band. You said true and it is true. Okay. Uh, cool. So, you know, you, you get a point there. Then uh, who owns a dog? You said that it was Yumi. It was actually odd, unfortunately. Uh, who does Ulrich love? You said Yumi. You're right. It's Yumi. Okay, so thank God. That's two points so far. Who does Jeremy have feelings for? You said Millie. It's actually Ailita. Hmm. Uh, I guess Ailita is some kind of like AI. That That's one of the mysteries. That's one of the mysteries. Uh, did Jeremy find out how to materialize Aelita at the end of the season? You said no. Uh, and once again, spoilers for anybody. Just skip ahead 15 seconds. The actual answer is yes, he does. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, there's a however there, but I won't read the however. It's a nice little little mystery twist. Uh, who did Odd Kiss? You said Sissy. The actual answer was Samantha, unfortunately. It's our canonical daughter. Um, See, I feel like I was baited into that one. <laughs> I know. It's fucking rough. 
Who, which character wears glasses? You said Jeremy, and it is Jeremy. He's the smart, nerdy one. That's why he wears glasses. Uh, and finally, who is the oldest of the group? You said Ulrich. The actual answer is Yumi. So you you got three points. So you need to watch 10 episodes of Code Lyoko, Sean. Fucking hell. I know, that's a lot. Whoever would ever make someone else listen to 10 episodes in a single week of anything. See, the difference between you and me, Remington, is I am completely capable of binging things without any, without bitching too much. Well, perfect. Then you shouldn't complain a single time. Now, let, let's actually talk a little bit about what- Oh, I won't what... complain about watching too much. I'm going <laughs> to complain about the show itself and how much of a wimp you really are. I'm going to prove to you that I can watch <laughs> 10 episodes of a show that I have exactly zero interest in and not, uh, you know, come out wanting to absolutely kill myself. <laughs> so, uh, with Code Lyoko, Sean, uh, so it, it aired, uh, looks like in, in 2003, uh, on, in France, but then 2004 over in America, uh, you are correct. It has a 2D style mixed with a CGI style when they're actually in the digital world. Because this story, it all takes place with uh, a nice nerdy young man uh, who's an extreme genius. You can tell because his glasses. That's Jeremy. And he's he's trying to, trying to find some equipment, trying to find some computer supplies, right? And he right. stumbles upon a quantum supercomputer. As well, you As wouldn't you, you know? So uh, he activates it and he finds Lyoko. Uh, Jeremy actually doesn't... Go into Lyoko. I think he goes in exactly once, but for the most part, he stays out of it. He's uninterested. Okay, it's, so he, it's dangerous he's, and spooky. Uh, he's the uh, what's it called? Uh, Otacon. Damn it, Otacon! What, I, what the fuck did you? You know, call? Metal Gear. Otacon. <laughs> uh, I'm not played, unfortunately. Uh, but <laughs> but let let's introduce you to the other characters so you feel like you're up to speed. All right. So uh, that well, I've told you a little bit about Jeremy, but then now I have to talk about Ailita. Ailita is trapped in the game. It's a question: is she AI? Is she AI or is she something more? Uh, Ailita also has like no weapons or defenses, so she's she's the escort quest. Oh, of, good. Of at least the entire like first season. So basically. Uh, she's gonna walk way too slowly to be of any use to anybody and by the end of it everybody's just gonna want to rip her fucking head off right yeah she she's smart so she'll give like information but in battles you just sort of have to like protect her and she can't do much okay so she's the oracle uh then we have odd odd is a comic relief type character uh he he's a bit wow, silly what a creative name for the comic relief i know he, he's a bit silly uh a bit of a jokester uh he, he's a bit of a ladies man always trying to trying to get ladies in lyoko uh he turns into a cat boy and oh fuck a... i think i remember that <laughs> as a cat boy he can scratch claw uh he can he can shoot some arrows from his hands also Wait, what? is that a feature of cats yes all have, cats have cats can do been it. hiding that from i should if, really if they've talk been to hiding them. it you're lucky dylan's cat hermaeus hasn't done that yet uh, uh, yet uh also in the first season odd sort of has this ability like of precognition he can sort of like see into the future ish or something like that don't worry about it they scrap that ability by season two uh don't worry oh, they wow. re they retcon <laughs> wow what a what a great uh you know uh fucking mechanic and consistent world building yeah that's <laughs> so then then we have ulrich ulrich he he's cool he's reserved he's quiet and level-headed uh so he, he's he the also 
Oh yeah, he, he's a bit more muscular, uh, which means that some ladies are very much into him. Uh, but the one who he has his heart for is Yumi. Uh, Ulrich also, uh, when he gets into Lyoko, he turns into a samurai. As a samurai, he has uh, some katanas, he can duplicate himself, and he can go super fast. What a fucking weeb. Uh, oh yeah, 100%. Especially, like, the girl he likes, Yumi, uh, she's from Japan, right? And... <laughs> Oh my god, he is a weeb. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is. He, he's a weeb before weebs like became a like a regular term. Yeah. So then uh Yumi, uh she's also uh more more reserved, right? Um she she's like pseudo goth, uh at least in appearance. So uh, basically what? basically Dylan's type and partially my so basically everybody's yeah. type who has uh, <laughs> yeah. deep, em deep emotional problems that usually are not solved in a healthy way. Uh yes, precisely so. <laughs> Uh, in Lyoko, she she dresses in sort of like this, uh, uh, let's see, oh, what's the word for it? It's also Japanese. Um, uh, I'll think of it. You, you oh, gotta give me some details and maybe I can help you out. You have the guy here who actually likes to study Japanese stuff. The, the, the white, oh, uh, geisha. Geisha's the word, right? Right? Yes. Right? Uh, yeah! Uh, as in white face paints, a dancing, fans, yeah. Yeah, so she, she has that sort of vibe going on. Uh, she, she uses a fan and telekinesis to attack. As all geisha can do of course uh so some other so that's the main crew right so we that's got the... cat weave and geisha all right <laughs> exactly uh the antagonists you have xana x-a-n-a -A. it's an evil computer uh that that's trying to fuck shit up okay it... so it's oh god what's did you ever see that one uh show uh ah oh, yes smart house fuck <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Remington. You know that's not what I meant. Quit going to the Disney Channel for all of your fucking media literacy. Oh, man. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, they're, they're trying to defeat Xana, which is trying to fuck shit up. Other important or semi-important, like, sort of side characters. We have Sissy. She was mentioned in the quiz a few times. She's yes. super into Ulrich. She's the principal's daughter. This is all taking place at a board, boarding school, by the way. Yeah, I remember that. So, she's the principal's daughter. She she wants Ulrich. Uh, and she's she's just anything you... She's Veruca Salt, basically. Oh. Okay, so she's uh, Veruca Salt, but extra horny Veruca Salt. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we have Principal Delmas, her dad. Uh, he he's a bit stern, except for of course his daughter. Uh, you got you got Coach Morales. Uh, who has Miles a, a Morales? Spider Man. Not, not, nah, unfortunately, his name is Jim. Oh, good old Jim. Oh, I see. So not Spider Man. Uh, yeah, and and he he often or sometimes even does end up learning uh about uh Lyoko and and that type of stuff at times. But but he's chill. He's cool. Okay, so he's the Commissioner Gordon then. He yeah, he's Commissioner Gordon. Uh, but yeah, so though that'll give you an idea of the main players that we have. Except you uh, haven't actually watched the show, so you have no idea if that dynamic is actually true to. The synopsis i i know enough to say that the information i've said is valid <laughs> in other words you looked it up on a wiki. hell yeah brother <laughs> but hey uh -huh. hey listen who needs to study and learn when instead they can simply pawn off the bullshit onto their close friend that's always been been my mo uh, and yet you get so angry at me for when i actually do research and uh partake in the suffering myself that's because it happens on 
a, a scale of like 40 times more than when I do it. Uh, so so that is that is Code Lyoko. Uh, you need to, because, because of the quiz, Sean, you need to watch the first 10 episodes. I will at least tell you, uh, Code Lyoko is, is pretty, pretty well acclaimed, uh, pretty well rated from the people who still remember it. I, it has a, it's not a pretty show. No, uh, it's early 2000s CG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, the best CG you could hope for was fucking Finding Nemo at the time. <laughs> I mean, Finding that Nemo was done had by some Pixar. Baller shit. Yeah, Pixar's always pretty baller. Uh, but yeah, the the visuals leave a bit to be desired. The foreheads are fucking massive. But you know, there's some interesting group dynamics. There's some some interesting action and ideas presented. I think you'll like this more than you are anticipating. I'm probably gonna like it more than the other two. Things you showed me, that's for certain. Excuse me? Are you saying that the greatest of all anime, Corey in the House, and Harry Potter slash possibly Elijah Wood's worst rated movie he's ever been in. Are you saying that those are not of high quality, Sean? Ah, uh, that is exactly what I'm saying. So much so that one of the stars of those, uh, the star of the Cory in the house is apparently a horrible fucking person. Oh no. Yeah. Don't uh, crush my dreams. For, what was it? Uh, soliciting a minor, I think. <laughs> Sean, we need this for our Patreon, dude. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, doing... I know. I'm, I'm separating the media from the person, but that, besides the point, ah, uh, yeah, no. The bar set pretty fucking low. The only way this could be any worse than those things is if there was some weird, like, extra rapey vibe to the show. I, to my knowledge, there isn't. At least not in the first season. Who knows where it goes later? I, yeah, I only know. I've done know. very limited amount of research, and all of the research has been on season one. Anything past that, I have zero fucking clue what yeah, happens. Yeah, I am usually watching a whole season at a time, or either that or watching multiple seasons if I like the show. You have a higher tolerance for bullshit. Shit, Sean. Yeah. Or at least anime bullshit. No, bullshit in general. Because <laughs> clearly your tolerance is look, let's just say there's a difference in uh, tolerance. If if we were to compare ourselves to, you know, civil civil servants of the era, uh <laughs> I feel like my patience is a bit on the level of Gandhi when it comes to anime bullshit. Whereas yours is a bit more Marxish, let's say. <laughs> Good old Gandhi and Marx, my favorite anime. But with all that <laughs> said, Sean, let's jump right into watching a whopping 10 episodes of everyone's favorite anime, Code Lyoko. Oh, good. Gentlemen, we are back after watching a whole 10 episodes of that great French hit, Code Lyoko. Some people would say 10 episodes are too many. I wonder if it's too few, but Sean, what, what, how are you feeling? What are, what are your thoughts? Where, where's your head at right now? Well, Remington, I have a lot of thoughts, you know? <laughs> that, that is to be anticipated. I have a lot of emotions. I have a lot of feelings, uh, some of which are PTSD related, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, Remington, I have one no. very important question to ask before we start. And I'm, I'm excited to answer it, Sean. Yes, and this will really help me uh, define 
uh, how I go forward with this episode. Uh, so normally, normally you and I, we like to sit down and we like to watch our stuff together. You know, we like to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, get together, watch our shows so that we c- I can answer any questions you usually have about the show, uh, do some minor clarification points, something that'll help your notes so you don't seem like as much of an idiot in the second half of the podcast and whatnot. Of course. But since there's a, you know, a whole bloody pandemic out, it's a little hard to do that. So I had to, you know, go at this one alone. Uh, I... My, my follow-up question is this, Remington. <laughs> Did you fucking watch the show in between our first and second recording sessions, or are you still just as blind as you started in the first half? You know what, Sean? Uh, th- th- this is true. Uh, I, initially, I was just going to not do anything. But then I started thinking to myself, uh, it, it would probably be reasonable and fair uh, for the sake of the podcast if I did watch... Uh, the 10 episodes that I'm subjecting you to. Uh, I decided that was too much. I thought maybe just a couple. I decided that was too much. So I like watched a YouTube review of the first season. And I was like, there we go. That is sufficient. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you watch some <laughs> schmuck on YouTube who has so little time that they reviewed fucking Code Lyoko. The first season of which... <laughs> And you feel like you're an expert. <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel like I, I know everything I need to know. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something, Remington. Yes. You don't. <laughs> you don't, simply due to the fact that this show tries to do so many things at once and fails at nearly all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, Fortunately, uh, I know I know the general uh, consensus on this show. Well, I say consensus. That it, it's actually somewhat divisive of a show. Um, uh, there's a lot of very strong fans who adore Code Lyoko. It's, it's borderline cult classic territory. Uh, very high ratings nearly everywhere you look. However, whenever I saw comments about, like, specific feedback, it was very rarely positive, especially the first season, uh... Other than the diehard fans, a lot of people agree. First season is pretty plotting, formulaic, and uh, not ideal. Formulaic? That's the word they (laughs) used? Formulaic? It's not specific enough for me, Remington. We need to invent a new term for this, because formulaic would indicate that they had a successful formula. And uh, a formula (laughs) that they could repeat throughout each and every individual episode that would uh, enhance the show, make it more interesting, make it more uh, uh, appealing to the general audience or the kids watching it because it definitely feels like a Saturday morning cartoon. I feel like that's the vibe they were going for. Oh yeah. Problem is (laughs) it's a Saturday morning cartoon that feels like it was written by kids who like Saturday morning cartoons. Well, you know, uh, with, with it being, uh, we're, we're going to keep using their word. I know you don't like it. We're, it, it with it being formulate, fortunately, uh, that, that means we can we can cover a lot of ground just by going over the formula. So, Sean, would you like to introduce any any listeners who are not aware how uh, the basic Code Lyoko episode would go? What you can expect from the vast majority of Code Lyoko episodes. Is this also me explaining it to you so that you have a better idea since you didn't fucking watch? 
watch it? No, fortunately, I have uh, the power of Wikipedia, and so I have already uh, seen the the formula. Okay. Uh, but but I figure that this will allow you an opportunity to uh, to vent, and it also, you know, frankly, you're covering ninety percent of what you watched just by discussing this. Oh formula. yeah, no no no. It, uh, as soon as I get done with the broad strokes, it's going to be very nitpicky, and I feel like I usually get after you for being nitpicky, Remington. You know because. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times it's about shows I love that you nitpick to death and make me want to cry. Uh, but sometimes nitpicking is important, especially when <laughs> combined, a lot of nitpicks can really, really hamper a show. Uh, but <laughs> let's get into the formula, the formula of Code Lyoko. So the basic premise is as such. You have these uh, you have these four kids, right? These four teenagers, let's say. They're about 13 to 15 years of age. Don't know which. I'd, I'd, wager, I'd wager just for the sake of my sanity, they are 15 years of age. Uh, they are 12 to 14. Fuck. Okay. So 14 <laughs> at the higher end. Uh, yeah. With like the main four being on the old end of the spectrum with some of the side characters being on the young end of the spectrum. Yeah. To, to give a frame of reference, uh, like Jeremy, he he's 12 years old. He's he's the nerdy one. Uh, the oldest is uh, is Yumi and she is 14. What about Odd and uh, uh, Ulrich? Where do they fit? Uh, uh, I'm not seeing their exact ages. Oh, good. Anywhere. Good. Glad to see there's a well thought out consistent lore so base here. <laughs> So there's somewhere wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a between 12 if and 14. If they're not all the same age, why are they always all in the same classes together? Uh, because the French educational system has failed them. <laughs> I don't know what to tell well, you. Well, their fucking animation department's failed me. <laughs> I was expecting something kind of decent. I mean, I enjoyed Miraculous Ladybug as much as the next grown adult man. <laughs> or uh, fucking Wakfu is okay. Like, I, there, there's some good French animation out there that definitely very heavily leans on the anime side of things. And I was hoping for some some of that to speak uh, to peek through. Uh, but Yeah, I, I will say to its credit, I think in a lot of elements of Code Lyoka, you can see like the ambition there. Yeah. But they, they wanted to be much more than they could actually do. That is an... <laughs> understatement okay let me break it <laughs> let me break it down so you got these four kids right uh teenagers yep. will be they're, they're the cool kids on the block right and they are at this boarding school this boarding school which apparently also has people that can go home and also dorms and apparently the ages don't exactly matter but they're all middle school age s it's a very easygoing uh school. yeah yeah mm, mm, mm. uh much like the writer's room uh <laughs> it's and they are just it's starts out with them just doing your basic average everyday slice of life stuff having a good time chatting with their friends doing regular cool kids stuff uh, but then, in every single episode, something weird will happen, right? Uh, something supernatural. Yep. And it'll slow, I say slowly, as slowly as a 22-minute show can allow for, uh, will slowly yeah. build throughout the episode until a catastrophe happens. I'll tell you what, it, it's only 22-minute episodes, but they really make them feel much longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try saying that after you've actually watched it. Uh... <laughs> So uh, during the slice of life phase, everything is in your traditional 2D style with very heavy anime influences. Like you can tell that the people who made this enjoy a bit of Japanese animation here and there. Uh, problem is, is their choice of art style is a bit off. So it's it's all 2D animation at the start. And that's that's an, a good, interesting premise. And uh, they get into little shenanigans with their slice of life stuff. Sometimes they make some silly mistakes and they cause some kind of problem. Your typical slice of life sitcom style thing. Uh, 
mm-hmm. then after the whatever uh, monster of the week, I should say, catastrophe of the week, rather, happens, uh, they realize, oh no, a bad thing is happening, and we have to go and stop it. And here's how they go and stop it, Remington. <laughs> they go through a very, very long, uh, <laughs> very long transition scene of going from the most convoluted route imaginable to get to a very special warehouse. And in this warehouse, in the basement of this warehouse, there is a very high-tech supercomputer and several digitization pods where Jeremy stays outside, mans the computer, and the three other people go inside the digitization pods and get digitized into the world of Lyoko to hopefully stop this uh, all-powerful being that's trapped in the digital world yet somehow has some kind of access to the outside world uh, to cause catastrophe and mayhem and general uh, shenanigans for some reason. Uh, Yeah, it should be mentioned, Xana, the evil antagonist supercomputer creature, um, has, like, god abilities. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because the the things that Xana can do is just astounding. Oh, don't worry, Ryan. We'll get into that. I have notes. (laughs) I have notes. And these notes make me frustrated. Uh, but so they go in, they get digitized, and then the show dramatically shifts to completely computer-generated animation. Now, this is an interesting idea. The idea of going into a completely different dimension and having the art style change completely uh, to reflect that change in dimension. It's a very interesting way to use the medium of animation to convey a sense of difference, a sense of plot, a sense of story. Yeah, and I, I love this concept as an idea. Here's the problem. Rem. This show was made in what was it, 2006? Uh, 2004. 2004. Uh, oh, even better. Here's the problem with 2004 animation, especially 2004 <laughs> CG animation for a what I yeah. ha- assume has to be a pretty low budget uh, studio. It aged about as well as milk from the 1800s. Yeah, uh, it, it's definitely uh, a bit janky. But hey, you know what? If if they wanted to get that sort of like gamified feel, it feels like a PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> PlayStation, it feels like a fucking Sega Dreamcast game. <laughs> yeah. It's like you took a it took fucking Jet Set Radio, took away all of the charm and color and sanded off all of the edges and that's a pretty good approximation of what this uh, this uh, quote-unquote digital world looks like. Uh, and in this digital world, they have a digitized companion who is trapped in this digital world who, or who was born in this digital world. It's not exactly clear, and it will not be clear uh, even after watching 10 episodes, uh, called Ailita. And Ailita is like the resident uh, fixer. She's the only thing in this world that can uh, completely stop Xana's attacks. And the formula continues as such. They go in, they have their their digitized forms with various special abilities, which I will rant about in a moment. Uh, (laughs) They will fight various flavors of weird-shaped robots with eye designs that shoot lasers. They all shoot lasers. There's not much variation in that. Uh, And they have to get Ailita to the tower that is currently activated, which will spawn randomly somewhere in the world that they have to find, and they always are dropped in far enough away that they have to run and risk fighting monsters to get to. Don't know why they can't drop them in anywhere closer to it. It's fine. They have a hard time finding it, whatever. Uh, And once the monsters get defeated, Ailita goes into the tower. There's the same animation that plays every single episode. She rises up to the tower. She presses the button. Code Lyoko pops up and uh, the day is saved. But here's the thing, Remington. (laughs) That's fair enough. That's fair enough. The problem is, Remington, every time this happens, they try to make it a dramatic scene. (laughs) 
because usually what happens right before she presses her palm on the screen to enter the code Lyoko, as it were, a uh, title drop, yeah. if you will, uh, something in the real world, because not all of them go into into Lyoko at once. No, no, no. You got to have some dramatic tension. You got to have one or two of them out there trying to deal with the uh, problems at hand, even though there's not really a reason to deal, deal with the problems outside at hand. And I'll tell you why. Because, Remington, at the end of every episode of Code Lyoko, after you activate the tower, there is a complete time wipe where everybody <laughs> goes back in fucking time to just before they screwed up in their slice of life experience and they get to redo their slice of life slice of life experience with in a better way with no repercussions whatsoever which makes every sense of tension in the show fucking meaningless <laughs> You know what, John? I, I totally valid points, and I, I definitely think that going over the formula, uh, which is most of the show, especially in season one, it's it, it, it's a bit rough around the edges to say the least. But you know, I don't think that 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 formula or even Lyoko as a whole is the reason that people remember and adore this show, Sean. The reason I think people uh, remember and adore this show so strongly it's for the characters, the relationships, and the one thing that I can say to its credit is that it does have it does have story that lasts uh it has decisions that affect future episodes and you know that that wasn't super prominent in kids media at this time which isn't to say that they handle it great <laughs> But that, nonetheless, it, it is a commendable thing. And I think that is the reason why so many people are interested. So I, I think it, it would be a good transition to start discussing these characters and their relationships with one another. Here's the thing, Remington. That is a very <laughs> good point. And I'm sure throughout the entire story, there are kinds of developments and new characters. And in our little quiz, you mentioned that Aelita gets out at some point, which is apparently the big plot for season one, for the most part, uh, which is cool. That's cool. That's great. Great, great. That's wonderful. Here's the problem, Rem. Ten episodes in, nothing has changed changed since episode one. <laughs> They've had one episode that was episode six or seven, I think, where they were actually really focused on trying to get Aelita out. And I'll get to that, but one episode out of 10 and that episode being over halfway through my watch time is a bit of a problem. But you know what? We should talk about the characters. We should talk about them and uh, what makes this show the show. All right. So there are, there are four main characters, right? You've got Odd, you've got Ulrich, you've You've got Yumi and you've got Jeremy. Those are our four main characters. They're the heroes of Lyoko or whatever the fuck you want to call them. They don't have a unified name because why would they? Even though that'd be like the easy marketing choice. I, I think choice. The, the official the official label, I'm not sure how often it's used, is the Lyoko Warriors. Never dropped, ever. <laughs> not in 10 episodes is it dropped. <laughs> No. Yeah. Fucking hell. No. Uh, so let's talk about. This. So our first character that I want to talk about is arguably the best of the four. She is also the worst of the four. And I will tell you why. <laughs> so Yumi is uh, is this uh, Japanese goth girl who is all sass and all cool demeanor and is all like, whatever, I don't care. At the same time, she really does care. So a little bit of tsundere in there for flavor. Uh, and her fancy Lyoko form when she goes into the uh, digi the digital world is the is like a ninja geisha girl, right? She yeah. fights with fans, which is really a fun and cool idea, you know? Uh, she's flippy, she's ninja. That, that's fun, that's great, that's great. Uh, and she has some really good, decent quips in the show. Uh, she has a little bit of a romance with Ulrich, which is fine. You know, that is great. It's great. Uh, problem is, Remington, she is the most useless character of the four. 
She is the fucking Sakura Haruno of this group. And I hate to say that because I like her, but my God, is she useless. In every single episode that we have come across uh, so far, uh, every time she's gone into Lyoko, she is almost immediately defeated. Almost immediately. Her greatest claim to fame is she has destroyed maybe two or three baddies in these 10 episodes. <laughs> Every other time, she's either immediately defeated, not in Lyoko at all, or the one time where she is a major uh, plot thread, she gets her ass kicked again. <laughs> she is... Like, I want to like her so badly because, you know, I, I like a more mature character in a group of weird misfits. You know, I like that character that can really keep people grounded and whatnot. You know, the heart of a group. But she's so useless, Remington. <laughs> Every Yeah, it, it feels like she should be, like, super competent and ready to kick ass. Yeah, but... like, if I, if I just had the characters in front of me and I had not seen any of the uh, actual Lyoko stuff, I would say she is the most competent. Because a lot of times she's like, hey, we need to do this thing in the real world, uh, because if we don't, things will get really, really bad. Because what if we fail in Lyoko? Then more and more people will die. Which is fair. That's, you know, that's, a, that's understandable, to say the least. Except for the one fact that if all three of you go in at once, you have a much better chance of getting to the tower uh, quicker and uh, safer and nobody will die or whatever. Plus the fact that like you can reverse everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll get to, we'll it. get to that right. We'll, we'll <laughs> All right. Uh, what what, what character <laughs> what character would you like to to cover next, yeah. John? So, so Yumi, I want to love you. I really do, but no. I like you got to actually do something. Maybe she does something later in the season. I don't know, but for right now, eh. Most disappointing. Uh next I want to talk about Ulrich. Okay, Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah. All right. He's Ulrich. kind of like the the stoic, you know, like quote-unquote lead character type guy there's not really a true leader in this group per se but he's like the he's like the cool kid at school that everybody's like he's like hey how's it going i'm the cool kid uh <laughs> uh he goes in and he actually gets a full samurai getup. and as far as i can tell i do not think he's of asian descent so i feel like that's a really cool decision you know make it a bit of a different uh culturally speaking uh you know and he has a cool samurai thing and he has the ability to uh split into three which is never fully explained but, you know, it, it's fine. It's fine. They just have abilities. Yeah, they just have abilities. <laughs> Uh, and and as we go down the line, you'll see how little they make sense. Uh, but he can split into three clones and uh, deal with problems. He doesn't do it all the time, though, for whatever reason. I don't know why. Uh, but he does, and it's really, really uh, neat. Samurai. I, I love the samurai ninja aspect. You know, I'm a sucker. I'm a weave. I can't help it. It's part of my... Uh, of course. Part of my growing up. Uh, the problem with Ulrich is, while he is more competent in Lyoko than Yumi seems to be, he is a catastrophic idiot. <laughs> Several things that go horribly wrong in the show happen because he's either selfish, an idiot, or horny. <laughs> do, do you have any uh, specific examples of him of him fucking up for any of those reasons that come to mind? Well, here's the thing, Remington. If you are part of a group of four people, the only four people in the world that can stop a chaotic, like, godlike entity from destroying the world you know and love, what's the one thing you should never do? Turn off your fucking uh, cell phone. Yeah, yeah, you, you, communication's important in that situation. <laughs> There's a whole plot point in one episode where bad shit is happening and fucking Odd and Ulrich turn off their cell phones to play a prank on Sissy. 
because they're worried that if, because Yumi's trying to call them. So that's what makes it even worse. Yumi's trying to call them right there and then, but they're like, oh crap, it, our phone's ringing. We should turn those off so we don't get hot. <laughs> when the world could potentially fucking end. And I will talk to you about the stakes in just a moment. This is going to be a long episode, by the way, so I hope you're strapped in. <laughs> I hope you're strapped in. That'll happen when you make me watch 10 episodes of a show. Uh, but Ulrich, like, turning off your cell phone is really, really stupid. So Yumi has to actually go out and try and find him, which is bonkers, and it's amazing she found him at all in time to save everybody. But whatever, that's fine. It's a kid's show. They only have 22 minutes. I'll allow. Of course. Uh, other instances, uh, the world gets endangered because Ulrich writes in a diary. Guess what he writes about <laughs> in his fucking diary? Uh, what well, to do tell us, Sean? What does he write about? Oh, well, I don't know. Everything about the fucking secret organization he's been with his friends for ages <laughs> the fuck hey man we've all been there it's like dear diary today i've been assigned to be a secret agent over in russia i hope i don't get caught it's just so dumb <laughs> But I, without going into more specifics, he's just he's just so dumb, and he plays it off as a cool, intelligent character, but it's so not. Uh, we'll get into it if we do uh, some more episode-by-episode episode breakdown. He's just he's just so dumb. Also, his voice does not match him at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's the other thing. This The dub of Code Lyoko, not great at all. Uh, fun fact uh, about the dub. Uh, the the voice actor for Jeremy and Aelita is, is the same. So. Fucking what? So that that means that this one voice actor just gets to long over themselves and yearn for themselves. Oh constantly. fuck, Jeremy and Ilita, that's the horny pairing right there. But before before we get to Jeremy and Ilita, of course, uh let, let's finish off with, with uh one of the remaining. So what what about Odd? Odd. Odd. Good, odd. good old fun-loving wacky Odd. Odd is he is a weird mixture of the cool weird kid uh in the group, you know, the comic relief, the character for flavor and fun but he also exudes some very strong how you doing fellow kids <laughs> more so than the character that is specifically designed to be the how you doing fellow kids character <laughs> Because there are moments where Odd has some great quips. I will say, there are some pretty charming little moments that Odd will, will say something and be like, okay, that got a smile out of me. That's fine. A little smirk here and there. You yeah. know, he's got some wit about him. Problem is, it's like he's trying too hard. Because there'll be times, like, especially <laughs> in combat, where he'll say something and it just doesn't sound right. I specifically remember a point where he's sliding down, like, an ice slide and says something along the lines of, this is wicked amazing. <laughs> Which did not flow right and as someone who grew up in the late 90s and early 2000s I definitely don't think anybody was saying things like that like it, it, it's just weird how sometimes he can nail his weird little quips and his little burns against sissy and the like but other times he's just kind of you know a bit out of place he you might even say he's a bit odd yep okay that that's that's uh, also his hair is really fair. stupid I'm sorry I had to say it as someone who's watched <laughs> it, it, anime for you know decades now <laughs> his hair is really stupid Stupid. I mean, to be fair, he's like the only character in the show with some shonen hair. Yeah, it, to it's it. basically uh, it, take take Yugi Moto's hair, right, <laughs> yeah. and give him a swirly. That's what it looks <laughs> if like. If Yugi Moto and and Jimmy Neutron combined hairstyles, yeah, they had a forbidden day. love child. That's what Odd would be. <laughs> 
And all right, uh, uh. <laughs> well, let, let's let's move on to uh, so we, we we have Jeremy and I, Lita. Uh, let's start with with Jeremy. Yeah. Oh, before we go, before we get into Jeremy, I do have to mention Odd. So his form in the uh, in the digital world is a bit out of left field, but fine. He's a cat boy. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> He's a cat boy. And Rem, I have one question, very important question for you, Rem. Yes. If your digital persona is a cat boy, right? Like you have no. feline attributes. What do you think? Which obviously it is. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, what do you think your ability sets would include? Uh, well, you know, maybe some cool stealth, um, some some clawing, some, some things like that is what I would anticipate. Yeah, a bit of agility here and there, you know? Yeah. So he does have the agility, that's true. And it appears he does have claws. Here's the thing though, Rem. You know what his main form of attack is? <laughs> Fucking laser arrows that he shoots from his wrist. I mean, like all cats do. <laughs> I'm sorry. A universal universal <laughs> feline trait. Oh, here, puss, puss, puss. Ah! Oh, I got shot. <laughs> That's why I'm so scared of That's why I'm so scared of Dylan's cat because every time he looks at me I'm worried that I'm going to get a laser arrow in the ass. It's horrifying. <laughs> Fucking what? Yeah, uh, I don't know have you, have you also been able to see his uh very limited edition future sight ability at oh, all? Oh yeah. Thus far? It's happened. <laughs> In the 10 episodes, you'd think that it'd be like a very useful thing that would have going on all the time or in very certain things. It's happened a total of three times in the 10 episodes. I'll tell you right now, that's three out of four for the entire first season and then never again. Good. <laughs> Honestly, good. Because the only reason it exists is to fabricate more tension and not well-earned tension, fake, false fucking tension. And I hated it every single time. But also, also, you know how I always talk about establishing rules and limitations in good shonen fights? Oh, of course. The first time any kind of limitation is established is by episode, I believe, five, maybe six, where it's uh, announced that Odd only has ten shots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he doesn't have infinite ammo. That would be ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, no, he just shoots. How many lasers do you think any given cat has? You know, Rem, I would hope more than 10, <laughs> especially since he misses every other shot. <laughs> but yes, let's move on. Let's move on to Jeremy, shall we? Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on, on Jeremy, the prodigious genius 12-year-old? Jeremy is what I would like to call this show's main target for making fun of nerds. <laughs> Making fun of nerds? What are you talking? He, he's he's so he's so cool and neat, and he's so important and valuable. How could this show possibly be making fun of him at any point? This show is racist against nerds. <laughs> Let me give you the first example that I realized that this was an issue, Rem. So remember that uh, that uh, long transition period from getting to the school to the uh, the warehouse I told you about? Yeah. Uh, there's a part where they go through the sewers for some reason, right? <laughs> but of course. Uh, and at the entrance to the sewers, they have a bunch of skateboards lined up. You know, because getting down the sewers that way is much easier. You know, it makes sense, okay? And it's a cool shot. I get it. Fair. Jeremy doesn't get a skateboard. <laughs> Jeremy gets a fucking Razor scooter. <laughs> He's not cool enough for a skateboard. <laughs> it's it's the small things like that. Like, having Razor Scooter isn't inherently an insulting thing. However, in the context... <laughs> it's a bit definitely rough. definitely an odd one out here. And in another episode, uh, he's talking to Aelita, and he has to go because, oh, it's lunchtime. They're having Brussels sprouts today, and he's very excited about that. <laughs> 
And I'm gonna tell you right now, Remington, what kid on the fucking planet Earth it gets excited for Brussels sprouts? I, I, I don't think that, especially not only Brussels sprouts, but like school cafeteria Brussels sprouts. It is the most <laughs> absurd thing on the face of the planet. Because at most, I've seen kids who are like, eh, Brussels sprouts are fine. I'm indifferent towards them. But Brussels sprouts have such a strong flavors and young kids have much more sensitive palates. There's no fucking way in hell that a kid, even a super genius kid, would love a Brussels sprout as much as this guy appears to. So much so that he would stop talking to his digital fucking girlfriend to go get some of them sweet, <laughs> sweet cafeteria Brussels sprouts. And it should be noted that, like, his his love for his digital waifu is, like, 50% of his character. I would argue 80%. It's like, <laughs> it's like mostly longing for your digital waifu than with a little bit of most pitiful nerd imaginable. And since it's, a, and that it's, is... since it's the same voice actress, it is very masturbatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Jeremy, Jeremy is also, uh, is, you could call him a genius that's fair that's fair he's also a dumbass in the way only <laughs> smart people can be which is another nerd uh like uh stereotype that is a bit horrible yeah he, he's good with computers but not with like light yeah 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 uh, to the extent where he nearly i don't know causes a nuclear disaster <laughs> That's just one small thing. That's just one small thing. You know, because the power of boners here is immense, Remington. Because the most dramatic plotline that could have had potential repercussions for the rest of the series almost got prevented because of, of a fucking Jeremy boner. <laughs> And we'll get to that. Yeah, I'm, I, I, that, that. That's how it goes sometimes. Well, let, let's round out the main characters. What about Aelita? Aelita is the MacGuffin. <laughs> you could call her Miss MacGuffin if you like, because her purpose in the show is, of course, as I said, she is the only thing that can truly deactivate the towers uh, in Lyoko to prevent uh, Xana from doing all the bad evil shit. Problem is, is her other purpose is Jeremy's waifu, who he wants to bring into the real world. Uh, using the techni technology of the digication pods, which is fine. That's cool. That's an interesting plot line. However, anything other than that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Because she's like the cool, level-headed AI character uh, who has a desire to be in the real world because, you know, that's it sounds interesting. She wants to be with her friends Yeah, but the Jeremy. Pinocchio effect. Uh, there's, there's a very interesting, I say interesting, uh, weirdly placed is more accurate, uh, line where she's talking about how excited she, she is to be brought into the real world at one point, uh, talking about how she can touch things, feel things, eat things, and even kiss. Wink, wink, wink. Uh, which is very, that's the most character she's ever shown. <laughs> and it all, it was all there just to make Jeremy feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I do remember when I was like nine years old, I watched like two or three episodes of Code Lyoko, right? Um, and Aelita was the most boring, uninteresting one out of all of them. Yeah, if you were nine years old and can remember that shit, how do you think it feels being a 20-something <laughs> watching it? <laughs> Oh, but all right. Uh, th that covers uh, pretty well the, the main characters. Yes. Now, uh, with a little bit less step, let's just do a little quick fire for some other important characters. Just some quick thoughts on them. Starting, of course, with our main antagonist, Xana. Xana. He doesn't matter. <laughs> He doesn't matter, Sean. He's the he's the huge evil antagonist who's ruining the world. Would you like me to sum up his personality notes for you, Rem? <laughs> Please do. His personality notes are this: evil, and he has an eye symbol. <laughs> 
that, that sums it up. That's it. Well. Because Xana is a, from what I can tell, like an ethereal entity that has power over the world of Lyoko and can slip his power into the real world. Problem is, we know nothing about him. After 10 episodes, I learned nothing about him. I, I don't know if he actually has any proper sentience, what his motivations are, why he's doing this, if he is in fact even capable of sentience, or if he is even just like a force of nature. I have no uh, idea anything about Xana. There, there's definitely sentience there. Uh, I think the general motivation is standard baddie, I want power for power's sake, and that's about it. That's not even, based on that logic, every action he does is wrong. <laughs> because everything he does is one of two things. He either tries to kill large amounts of people in the real world, or he tries to kill uh, the Lyoko fighters. Those are the two things he's done in 10 episodes. I mean, what else is there to do other than try to murder some middle schoolers? Rem, you've been going to therapy, right? <laughs> or has that stopped since COVID happened? All right, so so that's Xana. Uh, let, let's discuss a few other side characters. Uh, you, you've mentioned her a few times. Let's talk about Sissy. Oh, Sissy, Sissy, Sissy. Uh, Sissy is supposed to be like the slice of life antagonist, right? She's the super preppy, uh, like, queen of the high school. Her daddy is the uh, dean, right? And she is, you know, super popular and super pretty and like, oh my God, she's just so much better than everybody else. And fucking high school char musical characters had more depth than her. <laughs> because, like, she exists also about on the same level as Xana. And yep. the show constantly uh, highlights her as being a complete bitch and horrible. <laughs> Problem is, the fighters, the, the Lyoko fighters, are just as bad, if not worse, than her. <laughs> Yeah, it's a case where, you, it's like, Sissy, yeah, she she is the alternate antagonist for the slice of life. Uh, but when facing Xana, it's, like, obvious who's the baddie, who's the good guys. In the slice of life stuff, just everyone sort of sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, our first introduction into her is uh, her berating what I assume is a 12-year-old or 11-year-old or whatever uh, for not getting a date to prom, which, first of all, what kind of middle school? is having proms. Also, <laughs> why does that particular girl sound like an adult woman? Uh, that's a, a great question. I, I don't have the answer yeah. and she her other character factor i should mention is she is in love with ulrich for some reason because probably because yeah, uh, he's the cool ulrich boy. gets to be like the bland bitch protagonist who gets all the ladies in in this show and at least there's some chemistry between him and yumi right like there's some chemistry there there's no chemistry there and i feel like that's kind of part of the point but at the same time why doesn't she take no for an answer question mark it yeah, seems a she bit is odd. just very insistent. Yeah. All right. Uh. Well. Let Let's briefly. Uh. Th this should be a bit simpler. What about What about her dad, the principal, the symbol of authority at at at, at the academy? He's the principal man Delmas. to be the anti cool kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, he he gets people in trouble sometimes. Sometimes he makes saving them in the real world a bit more difficult. He doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Uh. But you know. Let Let's. The final, I, I I believe the final supporting character we'll cover, unless there are any that you specifically want to mention. Uh, good old, good, the good old coach Morales. Uh, oh, Jim. Jim. Jim is the best character in this show. <laughs> 
I, I thought you would feel that way. Jim is unironically my favorite character because he is that character I mentioned that Odd seems to be. He's that character who's supposed to be the adult who is not with the times, a bit strict in areas, but also wants to be hip and cool with kids and whatnot. He also has some of the best comedy moments in this entire show. <laughs> And he is amazing and one of my favorite characters of the entire show. Every time Jim is on screen, I am usually happy. One or two times he does something and it's like, hey, that's not cool, man, but you're an adult, so I understand. Uh, other times, I'm just thrilled he's there. Like, my favorite moment in the entire show involving Jim is in the second episode, they are trying to recruit for a band, and the stipulation is that they have to have a member for each. They have to allow anybody who wants to join in. Uh, and guess who shows up to the audition? Jim! <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great joke. And he's like, hey, I heard you have a band. I was hoping I could join. And whips out a fucking trombone <laughs> and starts tooting away on it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Jim, you go. You go, Jim. You get it. And this is great. But of course, the predictable plot is like, uh, ooh, we don't want this weird old guy in our rock band. And Odd says the most insulting thing I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> Odd says, uh, thanks, Jim, but we're, uh, we're a prog rock band and not a jazz band. And I have never been more insulted in my entire life because guess what, Remington? One of my favorite genres is progressive rock. And guess what progressive rock likes to make use of? A trombone? Just fucking anything. Literally horns, <laughs> keyboards, prog rock. Anything they can get their hands on. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that uses more horns than prog rock is ska. <laughs> Jim would have been an asset to their band. Yeah, yeah. Which is why at the end of that episode, he actually does get to join the band, which I'm thrilled about. Uh... <laughs> So we've covered, uh, I think, all the important characters. Are there any others that, that we're leaving out that you want to Yes, there's touch one on important briefly? character that I want to bring to your attention that it, it's a bit conflicting because arguably this might be your favorite character in the show, uh, but also might oh, yes. but also <laughs> might be the most horrible character for you. Yeah. And that is Odd's dog, Kiwi. Yeah. So, Ki so Odd has a secret dog that he keeps in his dorm room in a drawer for some reason. And yep. Kiwi is... Kiwi could be called a dog. Problem is, is there are some shots where Kiwi looks like an abomination dragged from the depths of hell. The, the animation and design of Kiwi is one of the most atrocious it's let me say this i think kiwi might be the least adorable most fucked up anime dog we've ever covered on this podcast i would be inclined to agree but even that being said kiwi does have some good moments which is great it's just every time you have to look at him for too long you just think to yourself hmm. <laughs> Not a fan. Kiwi is phenomenal. I love Kiwi. Kiwi is... I, the show wouldn't be the same without Kiwi, I will say that. But at the same time, <laughs> my God, man, it looks like you took a fucking uh, wiener schnitzel, stretched it out, left it out in the sun for a few days, and told me it was a dog. <laughs> All right, person that... <laughs> With, with Kiwi finally out of the way, uh, which is frankly what everyone was waiting for. Yeah. Uh, now we can get more into nitpicking. I don't know if we necessarily have uh, the time or if our listeners have the attention span to, to like do fully episode by episode at this point, but we can still cover some some important moments and some particular nitpicks okay. that you have. Okay. My, my first and one of the biggest nitpicks is uh, Xana's powers make no fucking sense. <laughs> 
And here's why, Remington. So the first episode is called Teddy Godzilla. Yep. Oh, excuse me. Teddy Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Completely different. Absolute. Godzilla is in no way related. No, not, none whatsoever. Uh, the whole plot of that episode revolves around uh, the adult-sounding 12-year-old getting rejected from prom and whatever. And uh, Xana takes over her teddy bear. And her teddy bear grows to massive size and is crushing everything in its path. That yep. That's our opening to the show. Wait. So... So that that's like your baseline. This is what Xana can yes, do. Yes, 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 yes. And I, this is the kind of thing that Xana does. They they turn teddy bears gigantic mm -hmm. and murderous. And I will say the one good thing that the show has done so far is that in this first episode they don't explain shit. <laughs> And I feel like that's both a clever move and an awful move. It's clever because it gets us interested. It's like, oh, what's going on in this world? What's going on? Nothing's happened. Oh, wow. Uh, there's this thing. There's, th there's this whole digital world. He can affect the real world. That's interesting. I wonder how that works. They can go into the digital world and fight. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Oh, there's a time travel mechanic. A little bit weird, but I wonder to see how this actually plays into real life. You know, it has a bunch of ideas that it sets up pretty decently. The problem is, Remington, in 10 episodes, they don't explain any of that at all. <laughs> Yeah. They haven't explained uh, how any of it works, why it works, how they got to this position. The point of having an ambiguous first episode is to drag people in, keep things interested, so that in future episodes you can, you know, explain things a bit more clearly, drip feed it to them. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood had a great fucking opening. Had a little bit of information and a cool, awesome action fight scene with lots of intrigue and fighting, uh, but they didn't absolutely explain every character's origin and uh, ideals and such. That gets explained in later episodes. Cold Lyoko doesn't do that, Rem. <laughs> yeah, the the problem with with building like some questions and some intrigue. Ooh, how does that work? Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen in this regard. It's like you have to answer those questions for that intrigue to matter. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now. It and unfortunately, does not yeah. After yeah, halfway so, through the season, does not matter. But back to Xana's. That that's I got sidetracked there. Xana's power. Yeah, more, back to Xana's ability. Right, so we and what Xana can do. Start with a, a catastrophic teddy bear monster. Okay, that's interesting. That's clever. You know, he can affect like objects and make them uh, change their size and shape and abilities. That's cool. That's interesting. The next episode. <laughs> The next episode, Xana's plan is to overload a nuclear power plant and cause a fucking nuclear meltdown. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Code Lyoko, there's a thing called sliding scales that you need to think about. Sense of build. <laughs> Because it's one thing to go from a giant teddy bear monster, which is kind of cute, fun, but also kind of scary, to a fucking nuclear meltdown. Chernobyl-level uh, like, nuclear <laughs> meltdowns. The, the first episode has a sense of, like, almost whimsy to it because it's, like, a big spooky teddy bear, right? But then the second episode, it's like, uh, yeah, just just nu nuclear meltdown, everything's fucked. Which, by the way, why is there a nuclear plant so close to this school? <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like like the area was strangely allocated and divided. Like, what the fuck, France? I don't know how many nuclear plants you have lying around, but I don't think you should be building boarding schools next to them. Uh, I, which, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch, bit of a weird thing. Uh, then in the next episode, <laughs> in the next episode, it's fucking poison gas. <laughs> yeah, yep, out yep. of nowhere, and apparently hey, it's it, it, it is it is out of a couple barrels that were filled with poison. Okay, which by the way, why are there poison <laughs> barrels near this school? <laughs> 
who fucking organized this shit? <laughs> oh, but but Sean, don't worry. Like, uh, okay, so obviously there's some strange stuff around the school. You got a nuclear uh, nuclear power plant. You have a bunch of random poison barrels. But in episode four, they changed things up. Now we're talking about a petrochemical plant. We're just yeah, completely different. No, no, no. They do a fucking uh oh god, what's that movie? Ah, stupid action movie where they can't drive lower than 55 miles an hour. Whatever. Speed. They take over, Xana takes over a bus, <laughs> and the plan is to ram this bus into a nearby chemical plant, causing it to explode and spill chemicals over the city. Why the fuck do you have a chemical plant next to a <laughs> nuclear plant next to a boarding school? Why? <laughs> Uh, if anything, um, I I'm actually noticing a theme with, with a lot of what Xana does. Like, with the separation of sometimes it's a giant teddy bear, there's a whole lot of dangerous chemicals. In fact, also, the next episode... <laughs> The next episode, uh, it, the whole thing is like there's two trains, uh, one of which has chemicals they're going to crash. Yeah, yeah. Because of that. Oh, and you want to know what's great about that episode, Rem? Want to know what's <laughs> fucking great about that? So these two trains are on a collision course, right? And you're just thinking, yeah. well, why don't the conductors on the trains just stop the trains? You know, manual brakes. Here's the thing, Remington. In this world, trains are completely computerized. <laughs> yeah. And since they're completely computerized, they can't stop them. What? What? Are, what? If it's completely computerized, that should make it easier to stop. You, well, you, but but Xana's in control of the computer, Sean, because Xana can con control all computerized objects and also some non-computerized objects such as teddy bears and barrels. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, you know, chemicals, you know what? I get it. It's the early 2000s. You know, Captain Planet was still a thing, I think. So, you know, they're trying to push this, hey, these chemicals and nuclear shit is bad for the environment. We got to be very careful with this stuff or things go go really bad. It's a very shoehorned in metaphor, but fine, 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 fine. But then episode six happens. <laughs> episode six, after like four episodes of chemicals, Xana's <laughs> grand plan is to take over three bulldozers and bulldoze the factory. Excuse me? It's it's two bulldozers. This is fake news. It's only two bulldozers. Oh, excuse me. Two bulldozers. How dare I give him? How dare? How can we trust anything you say? How, how point, dare Sean? I give him an extra bulldozer to do an impossible fucking task? Because <laughs> it's not like a bulldozer, you know, uh, is great at taking things out on ground level and not so good at taking things out in a ba fucking basement. God forbid. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, bulldozers. And we were talking about how stupid Ulrich is. Ulrich. Yeah. Ulrich's grand plan to help deal with the bulldozers bulldozers in the real world is to ride in the cockpit of one of the bulldozers. <laughs> Why does he do this? I don't know. Especially considering the fact that as soon as they get to the factory, a bulldozer rams into a wall, knocking him the fuck out, and Yumi has to save his <laughs> his ass. <laughs> It is, it's the most useful thing Yumi has done, mind, but it's still really bad. Uh, and then episode seven, episode fucking seven, man. Episode seven is fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> <laughs> but Code Lyoko-fied with a fake Yumi that they just happened to digitize, like realize digitize, which they've been trying to do for the whole fucking show, yet somehow Xana can just do that and never does so in the future ever again. And there's like a fake Yumi wandering around causing problems, trying to break things from the inside, which could have been an interesting plot until Yumi is brought back to the real world, uh, fights her clone, gets her fucking ass kicked by the clone, and gets saved by Aelita and Ulrich 
at the very last second, as does all these episodes happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it's especially at this episode where Xana is able to create uh, a digital clone created in the real world, right? Yeah. Where where you're like, so Xana can just do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what Xana can possess anything, can put sentience into anything, uh, and can change size of anything and create anything. Like, where are the limits, Remington? <laughs> what are the rules? This is fear and loathing rules. There are no rules. <laughs> But I will say, well, see, I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's curious what Xana does in the next few episodes as well. So we, we only got three episodes more to cover Xana shenanigans. So I figure we may as well. Yeah. So cap episode it off. eight is a pretty fun idea, except for the part where Ridley Scott's gonna sue a bitch. <laughs> Because the plot of it is a movie guy comes to town to shoot a sci-fi movie with an alien that looks very, very familiar. Almost xenomorph-like. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't see it, Sean. Look it's, at a picture of it, Remington. It, it's wildly different. It oh, you're right. It's green. Hardly. <laughs> it's hardly the same at all. Nobody would ever allege like, that it is obvious infringement. <laughs> and Xana's plan is to bring the suit alive, which is interesting at least, making it an actual alien. But then you watch it actually do the things that xenomorphs do. Like it actually slaps people <laughs> to the walls. Uh, it drools. It almost, I was half expecting a mouth tongue to pop out. It didn't happen, but it would not have shocked me. I Yeah, Xana straight up just gets a xenomorph in that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Fine, fair, cool. Uh, and number nine, episode nine, uh, now fucking, now the fucking James Bond franchise needs to sue a bitch. <laughs> because Xana takes over a fucking satellite orbital laser system. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And is using it to try and blast the shit out of Yumi. <laughs> Which is, I, I wouldn't describe it as an elegant solution. <laughs> No, 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 no. Not, not the most elegant solution. And after seeing what happens when the laser hits, I'm amazed she survived. Because every <laughs> laser hit leaves like a 10 by 10 circular crater in the ground that's like at least three feet deep. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. there's no fucking way she dodged 10 feet away from this fucking thing multiple times. Uh, but that's fine. We're finally down to the last episode and Xana's, Xana's grand plan, Xana's grand plan is to take over Yumi's family heirloom, a suit of samurai armor <laughs> and has it cause havoc. You see you see the issue here, Rem? There's a bit of a, there's a bit of a disparagement between the scale of attacks here. Yeah, well, well, I think the issue is, like, the vast majority of the time, Xana is just possessing an object, yes. right? Xana is just possessing an object, um, and, like, if it's technological, I can understand that very well. Like, that, I would probably have some nitpicky critiques, but it's like, alright, you got this crazy supercomputer AI, it can hack into any digital object and control it. Cool. But also, it can control any object at all. Yeah. And also, it can alter those objects in any way, including giving, like, poison gas some mild sentience. But not only that, it can also then just create anything. So even though the vast majority of the time you're going to see very similar concepts in Xana, sometimes you just see these balls-to-the-wall insanity that you've never seen thus far. And honestly, I could get behind that if it was fun to watch, Remington. <laughs> the problem is, is it's not. 
But yeah. so Xana's Xana's powers make no sense. That that's a pretty decent nitpick to have. Uh, here's my biggest nit. One of my biggest nit. There's a lot of nitpicks. Uh, <laughs> this is a nitpick that I don't know if everybody will notice, but I sure as fuck did because fuck it was hard not to. So Rem, have you listened to the Code Lyoko opening theme song lately? Uh yeah. Uh, for I I have done that much. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's not a not a horrible tune. It's got a little bit of catchiness to it, right? It's very early 2000s pop, right? Yeah. Right. Here's the problem, yep. Remington. In every single episode, they play the instrumental version of that opening theme song on average four to six times every episode. Yeah, I, I can see and how. And I am not counting in between stingers, between commercial breaks and scene transitions. <laughs> if I counted those, I, I can... it would be an average of seven to eight times. Yeah, I, I can understand how uh, that could quickly get repetitive and um, mind-numbing. Every time they reuse animation footage is when they play it. Every time something dramatic <laughs> happens, they play it. Every fucking time they want to go to Lyoko, they play it. And to be fair, it like it's a decent, it's a decent bop. Sure, Rem. You, sure. I mean, maybe not. But when you hear the same eight <laughs> notes. <laughs> Multiple times per episode, it'll drive you nuts. Da, 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 da. Every other like five minutes it happens, and I'm telling you right now, there's not a scene where they go into Lyoko where it, it happens. They go into Lyoko multiple times in an episode, right? Like, or at different times, like different people going in. Every time it happens, they play that song again and again. Every time they have to go from the school to the warehouse, they play the song, Rem. Every fucking time anything dramatic happens that has a bit, the slightest sense of levity, or in some weird cases dramatic tension which are supposed to be terrifying they play the same da, 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 over and over and over again i am <laughs> traumatized by the soundtrack especially since i am fairly certain there's only two other tracks in the entire soundtrack and there's one track during battle times and one track during scary dramatic times and that's it yeah you know what uh you're you're correct uh but i i think the way we need to end things off to be the most charitable is to discuss some of the major interesting slice of life stuff we've discussed the xana stuff uh we've discussed the carrots and everything else uh now let's just highlight a handful of slices of life stuff for example uh you know a really interesting point that was in episode 10 is that there's a new girl that might be Aelita and she's walking around it's not she doesn't matter and that's yeah no uh she essentially the premise is like this girl who looks exactly like Aelita and her name is an anagram of Aelita and she sounds and looks exactly like Aelita. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But has no memories of anything like that. Because she's not uh, Aelita. No, yeah, she's just not Aelita and this is the only episode she's ever <laughs> Yeah, especially considering remember how I said Jeremy's an idiot? Yeah. Jeremy's a fucking idiot. He actually brings he actually is so convinced that it's Aelita <laughs> yeah. that he brings her into the super secret base tries to convince her who she is and nearly gets everybody killed because of it. <laughs> I mean, when you think you see your waifu in real life, Sean, what are you to do? I don't know. Go back to looking for the 2D shit because that's what weebs seem to do usually. 
Uh, all right, so so Sean, are, were there any any moments that you actually thought in in the show like were interesting? A- any stories or moments that you thought actually really succeeded? Well, like I said, the first episode was a good idea, good good start, but you know, just with some sloppy edges, and then the whole show was exactly like that episode. But let's see, good things, good things, good things. Uh, is there a particular? Maybe there's like one episode that you'd put above the others. Is there like a best episode out of the ten? you've seen mm. <laughs> the episodes that have more gym <laughs> the, the more gym the better is it you know what john i'll tell you what i'll, I'll look t- to see if there's a a gym morales super cut <laughs> where it's just the gym moments. and the worst part is is not all gym moments are fantastic like every time i got i saw a gym i was like oh this is gonna be great but then it was just generic hey kids you can't do this things uh bullshit uh which is horrible there there's one point where jim gets fucking electrocuted and nearly falls off <laughs> of a building which it was a little traumatizing to say the least yeah what, what, what is interesting about this show even though it was meant for young children there are some moments that it, it's a bit surprising that, like, a young child would be watching this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rem, did you know there are fan service scenes? Yes, yes. Uh, which, what, uh, once again, after emphasizing the ages, is is very uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially since they their designs, while hideous, mind, are definitely designed to be young-looking, right? But yeah. both Sissy and Yumi have brief, thankfully, fan service scenes. For yeah, no which is discernible reason. Like, good. I like good fan service as much as the next guy, but this isn't good. First of all, it's not good fan service, and second of all, it's extra creepy fan service. Yeah, but you know what? If anything, that's just what solidifies Code Lyoko as an anime. Okay. So... <laughs> So, Sean, uh, before we go, is are there any final notes you want to leave our listeners about anything they should take away from from our podcast about Code Lyoko? The takeaway from Code Lyoko, Remington, is that people should take it as far away from me as fucking possible. <laughs> and... I feel they should stay away as well because I can guarantee everybody I've talked to about the show is like, oh yeah, I remember that show. I remember really enjoying it. Watch one random episode. (laughs) Just one. Just one. Any of the 10 I watched probably. Or you can even just watch the... The, the second episode, the third episode, whatever. Whatever makes you happy. Uh, in fact, if you watch the third episode, you might get one of those fan service scenes. Or was it the first episode? No, the first episode had fan service. Watch the first episode. Just watch it. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. But, but y- you know, Sean, you, you've been very critical, but I want to assure you that the vast majority of people thinks it gets much better in the later season. <laughs> you just need to watch some more of it, Sean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's the thing, Rem. Uh-huh. I did watch more of it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched 12 episodes in total. Oh, wow. You went above and beyond. Doesn't get much better. Doesn't get much better. I only <laughs> talked about the 10 because it wasn't worth mentioning the other two, and we were going long anyways. I'll tell you right now, Rem. T- halfway through the season, kind of bad. Kind of bad. <laughs> And well, I can guarantee the- <laughs> that there's no, there's nothing, like, even if it gets better by the second season, right? The fact that this is a 25-episode yep. season and nothing of consequence happens in the first half of said season probably means it's not great. Because, I mean, at least with shows that uh, take a little while to go, like, uh, for from your perspective, Hero Academia uh, was uh, mediocre until the end, which I still heavily disagree with. Uh, that was only 13 episodes. Yep. So, in theory, by this point, I should at least 
least be getting into the meat of what the show gets good at. Uh, and there are some people who argue that Black Clover, it gets really good by oh, episode God. 35. Uh, Man, the, the the way the screams develop at that point in Black Clover, it, it, it's a work It gets of very emotional, Rem. It gets very emotional. <laughs> uh, and the emotion you get is fear and sadness. But at this point, Rem... I can't find anything redeeming about it. If you if you have fond memories of Code Lyoko, just watch one episode. You'll understand, oh, this ain't great. These jokes are really bad. The lip syncing is off. The CG animation is awful. The powers don't make sense. Yumi has telekinesis in one episode for one fucking reason. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Guy can split into three. Odd has future sight, except only sometimes. I, as a man who loves deep-seated lore, as well as reasons for existence, and interesting complicated plots and loves a good shonen romp this is everything i hate about bad shonen anime like wrapped <laughs> into one french fuck up uh, well then sean i i have to ask and i uh, who knows what your answer is gonna be but would you like to watch some more code lyoko with me sean no remington i'm just gonna go to the cafeteria and get some brussels sprouts <laughs> Because apparently that's my fucking character type. Thanks so much, you French fucks. <laughs> uh, well, I, I would like to thank absolutely everyone for watching. Uh, if, if you particularly enjoy us and want to support us, then the easiest thing to do is to go and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, especially Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it and it helps us grow. But if you want to go above and beyond, then you can go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash anime out of context. We have all sorts of perks and we have hours of bonus content of, of our banter and ramblings and it's just absolute chaos, as well as the ability to get your name read out. Uh, but this week, since things are flipped uh, over, uh, this this week you get to have your name read out by the lovely Sean Rawls. Of course, we love all of our lovely patrons at the Bland Bitch Protagonist tier and the Magical Girl tier. You are wonderful. You help us out a lot. But first, we have to start thanking very lovely and very personally our uh, Yandere Waifu tiers. Farmer, it's been one week since we've ha have had a Centaur's Life reference weep. Uh, Alexander Nasasenio, Uliana, Glenn Michael Dolan, Jacob Livingston, Salty Pretzel, Sarah Birch. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rem Lust for Shane. Kazu Morocco, uh, Peter Velocity, uh, Velocity, Velocity, oh god, Reverse Kizmo Kizmo, Matthew B, Kenneth Reed, Sage Schiffner, uh, Hito Kirix, Ready to be Isekai'd, Mecha Zap, Ross Palmer, Andrew Rowicki, Devin McCutcheon, Rare Kumiko, thank you all so much, we love you very, very much, so much so that we really hope you don't stab us, uh, but we have to move on to a grand, uh, a higher place, a higher tier, our boy wizard tier, uh, where this week, fuck, I forgot that I was doing Patreon stuff this week, so I have to actually have something clever for once. Uh... Just Google Harry Potter and start working in the first the first mildly interesting thing that comes up. That, that's often my strategy. Yeah, I can, I can tell that's usually your strategy because <laughs> you do it every single fucking time. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rush job. Yeah, yeah, no fucking kidding. Uh, yeah. 
you know what? Uh, since Harry Potter is very fantasy-esque, you know, uh, I'm just going to give every single one of our boy wizard tiers their own uh, fantasy tavern. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I assume you have a fantasy tavern generator on your side of You bet your ass I do. I'm a DM. <laughs> of course I have one of those. All right, give everyone a, a nice tavern that they can have uh, to serve all, all of the wizards or the monsters. Yes. Uh, congratulations, uh, Delina Perez. You get your very own Faded Fiddle Pub. Uh, <laughs> these are great. Uh, Eternitarian. You know, when you need a really good, strong, hard drink, you go to Eternitarian's uh, local establishment, the Pointless Rhinoceros Pub. Uh <laughs> Uh, I, I like that. I, I do that too. I do one. too. Uh, Miguel uh, de, de Leon. Honestly, I think I want to go to Miguel's place the most right now because he is the proud proprietor and owner of the Fluffy Snowball Tavern. <laughs> Uh, Cat Zodiac. Ooh, Cat Zodiac. You know, this is very fitting for Cat Zodiac because they are the proud owner of the Impolite Albatross pub. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I see it. Uh, it, it you want to make sure that, like, don't get me wrong, all pubs are age-gated. You need to show your ID, but uh, you definitely, definitely an adult establishment. Oh, very much so, very much so. Especially with that albatross around his neck. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, and Pilkster. Uh, Pilkster, you know what? You get... <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Pilkster, but unfortunately for you, you are the proud owner and proprietor of the Big Swallow Tavern. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, I imagine that's because you serve really, really large pints of good, good ale, and we'd oh love you for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't make it up. It's the, it's the generator. Uh, what, whatever you want to say, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness but even beyond that we have a higher tier we have the lovely white house tier the chef and musco tier which i still have reservations about and i don't know why people signed up for it uh but here we are and for the chef and musco you know what G give give all of our our chef and muscos give them a nice code lyoko character to represent sean oh. they deserve it from from one april fools to the next april fool Okay, fine, fine. I will do that. Uh, so on the Chef and Musco tier, uh, we have Zachary Shirley. And uh, Zachary, you know what? You you remind me very strongly of a... One, one sec. I, I just need you to actually read the full username on this, Sean. Oh, God. Is there more? Of course there's more. Oh, yes. I didn't hover over it. Uh, so Zachary <laughs> Shirley's favorite <laughs> anime is Code Lyoko. Fucking hell. <laughs> Zach, this one's for you, buddy. For that, Zach, you know what you get? You get Ulrich. Congratulations. Because <laughs> I can think of no better. Uh, thick mullet. Well, there's only one person that thick mullet could be, and that's odd. Let's be honest. <laughs> one great hair to another. Yeah. Silicon Spectre. Uh, Silicon Spectre. Uh, obviously, Silicon Spectre is Aelita because Spectres mean that they're he, a ghost in the machine, if you will. Okay, okay. Yeah. Then we have the Almighty Sinner. Almighty Sinner, you know what? You're big. Uh, you're Almighty. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the Dean, whose name I cannot find because I never heard his <laughs> name. <laughs> It's it's Principal Delmas. Is it? Are you sure? I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I guess Principal Delmas it is. Then there you go. 
What an honor! Such an honor we oh, can't Oh yeah, even it's Jean-Pierre it. Delmas. Oh my god, so fresh! I know! Uh, Chopper is a reindeer doctor that ate the human. Human fruit one piece is great! I love how this is just getting longer and more convoluted because you can very easily tell that she was very offended by your statements about Chopper previously. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, you're Jim. You're Jim. You're Jim Morales. <laughs> what an honor. That That's a high it's honor. It's a very right high there. honor because, as I've said in the past, you are my favorite. Uh, nothing personal, but your, your names make me laugh. Uh, then we have... Oh, God, I hit the wrong... God damn it, Patreon. Just Touchy Diplomat. Yep. And then we have Touchy Diplomat, too. Touchy Diplomat, you're Yumi. You're wonderful, but occasionally useless. <laughs> That, that's the message we want to send. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're actually, you're my favorite of the four, if that means anything. Uh, and no one has to be Jeremy. Nobody has you. to be Jeremy. <laughs> fuck Jeremy. Like, God, fuck Jeremy. Uh, but we still have one higher tier, a tier that is complex. It's detailed. It makes me want to cry every time we get to it. This may be the the last week that people can sign up for it. In theory. I, I think I think we're getting rid of it after, after this month. I, I think that might mean we still have Waluigi messages next month for the people who signed on to it. But after that, it's done. It's dead. Yeah. All right. Uh, so first for the uh, Waluigi tier, the tier of, of pain, of suffering, of weird, weird messages, uh, we have Skolas, Kell of Kells, with lots of exclamation marks. And uh, we have a very special message that we want to do for him. But it's going to take some production value time. Uh, yeah, there, it, it, was, it was a bit of a big ask, and don't get me wrong. Uh, we're shameless. We'll, we want to do it. It'll take us a minute, yeah. but we're doing it. We're working yes. on it. So in the meantime, to keep with your other themes, I'm going to pull up some random Destiny quotes <laughs> and read a couple of them <laughs> in a Waluigi over. voice. All right, perfect. Let's hear it, Sean. <laughs> I hate this voice. Waluigi. There are many tales told throughout the city to frighten children. Lately, those tales have stopped. Now, ellipses, the children are frightened anyway. For centuries, we feared the forces of darkness ma massing, not massaging, against us. Why sought out to hide and cower beneath a broken god? No more. These guardians show us what we are and what we have always been and will be again. We are what remains of the light and will not be stamped out. Walla walla, Washington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no idea if we're getting better or worse with our Waluigi. Like, like, I'm delving into, like, nasally Squidward area, and I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, God, I'm so excited for, for this to be over. Mm -hmm. uh, and one more one more for clarity, one more for flavor. Uh, I don't even have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. Yeah, there we go. That should work. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, Remington, if you will take our next one for me. It's from Emoto Ahegao Uwu. Uh, a, a good old classic. All right, well, uh, th their message is the following. Wah! Dylan needs to force Remington to play Conception to make up for all his divisive opinions. That's why I bought Dylan the game. Love, Ohio Sean. Wow. What the fuck does Ohio mean? Uh, <laughs> Ohio. You know, it's, uh, it's... It's hello, it's good morning, you know. Oh, okay. It's so it's like, nice old... hello, Sean, or morning, Sean, or, you know. Oh, I get it. Hi, Sean. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay, I got you. Yup, yep, yep, yep. Right. And thank you all. So now you you talk about yes. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can reach us at uh, animeoutofcontext at gmail.com for all your recommendations, suggestions, feedback, and loving quotes of appreciation. I screwed up Remington's order, so it's gonna be a bit weird, but that's fine. I don't do this every week, unlike him. Uh. <laughs> And of course, you, you got to plug the Twitter show. Oh, yes. And you can also follow us on Twitter at AnimeConPod, where we are getting better at social media, but very gradually. <laughs> and thank you all so much for watching. Once again, as always, be kind to one another. Don't fuck your sister. And happy April Fools. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>